You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 217, Cephalic Carnage, hosted by Dan Terry. I need to not feel like my head's being sawed in half, so. Uh, sawed in half. Well, we picked the wrong band for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Kane. I feel like DFT all the time. I'm like, I don't need fucking sleep. I just run. And Joseph Wren. I charge $500 a day for babysitting. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you really think dying will be the death of me, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Jeff. Holy shit. We let him out of the box again. It's just whenever I want to talk about a band that you can only describe as a death grind masterpiece, you got to pull (laughs) Jeff, you know, for part of the... Um, this is one of the craziest bands we've covered in a while, um, probably since straf- since Strapping Young Lad. Um, do you like sludge rock with your death metal? Uh, sure. So do I now. Yeah, I mean, it, do you like a little bit of saxophone with your death grind? Absolutely. All right, you're in business. See, this yeah, is what good. happens when Dan does a Nathan explosion and deletes the record, and then I have to do data recovery, and only specific pieces of the album can be recovered. So now we have to fill in the gaps. Well, I'm not a death metal masterpiece guitar player, I don't think. What the hell? We'll just put some sludge rock in there. Just see how it works. And I hate to say it, it kind of works. I really do kind of like it. Well, you just have to conform to the abnormality, you know, of the band. Um, and that's 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 kind of hard to do. Uh, Cephalic Carnage is a band I've wanted to talk about on a, for a long time on the show, but, like, couldn't really work up the uh, courage to do it. <laughs> uh, and I don't know why, because they're great. They're they're one of the best shining examples in this genre. Um, I would say that they have kind of a musical turnaround on par with what Cabal Decapitation had, where you kind of start in one place and then find yourself completely somewhere else by the end of the discography. Yes, and I'm glad you say that, because that is... I think what I love most about them is listening where they started and where they end up is just just magic for me man fucking magic <laughs> what i'm serious man I, that last album just magic for me well before dan puts a stop to this endless cycle of violence i'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast thank you for listening and for subscribing if you are not a subscriber then you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com we are on spotify apple and google podcasts tune in radio stitcher iHeartRadio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Hey, guys, if you want to leave us a five-star review, feel free to do so. You can do that on iTunes and I think on Facebook as well. I'll read it. Good, bad, or indifferent. You should, you should leave one. It would be really cool if you did that. Over on Patreon, in reference to Patreon Review 148, yes, there's that many of them. If you haven't signed up for Patreon, we have a lot of reviews and extra content in there that you can get full access to for, I think, like a buck. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Lance Allegood, in re- uh, in reference to the Necrolatry. Necrolatry? I don't think, I probably couldn't pronounce the name of the band when we did the review. Well done. Uh, <laughs> he goes, uh, oh, this is right up my alley. The production is a little off. Vocals are, are often slightly buried and the snare is flat. But I like what Darker by Design are going for on this album with the symphonic elements and groove. Definitely a band to keep your eye on. Thanks for the review. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I found it more or less enjoyable. And uh, if Lance did, then, you know, even better. The king of metal. We got an email from Ed Ferguson. He says, I've recently discovered your podcast and have enjoyed listening to a show that discusses all the Christian metal bands that you do, as you can't find that kind of discussion out there that much. But good grief, your Slayer episode is hard to listen to. You need to go to Slayer <laughs> School and do another discussion of them with somebody like me who grew up in the 80s with Slayer and have been a lifetime, a lifelong fan. Please don't do that again on your own without proper guidance. Um, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, the, the Slayer episode was the third episode of the podcast we ever did. So, or maybe number four. I can't, it was a long time ago. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I don't know if enough people call for it, you know, we could revisit it. We could not, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. You could actually have somebody uh, on that episode that grew up in the eighties. I can help you out with that. Thanks, Jeff. You're welcome, son. <laughs> so, Dan, tell me about Cephalic Carnage. I'm glad you asked me that, Joe. Cephalic Carnage is an American death metal band from Denver, Colorado. They started as far back as 1992, but didn't actually put an album out until like 98. Uh, so they definitely had time to hone their craft. And what a craft that they have. It's funny that they're described as a death metal band because I definitely would describe them as a death metal band now, uh, <laughs> not so much on the on the earlier stuff, which was just some some just some fantastic uh, grindcore. I say fantastic because like, what can you really say about grindcore? It's either entertaining or garbage. There's really no middle ground. But with sometimes grindcore. It's, sometimes it's entertaining garbage. And I think well, that's what I like the most about it. Yeah, it's kind of like a knife's edge. I mean, there's a, it's a really tight line you walk to where you go to just being just just overtly ridiculous as compared to just being amusing and fucking fantastic. There, it doesn't take much to go over that. So where on the line does Clowncore fall? Fucking brilliant. <laughs> fucking brilliant. And anybody who says otherwise is a moron. I'm going to go ahead and mute Dan. (laughs) Dan is a fucking moron. I'm sorry, dude. Do their new shit. That's what I tell myself when I wake up every morning. It's nothing. Their new new stuff is fucking brilliant, man. I'm sorry. I I love them. I know Joe loves them, too. It's just unbelievable. That drummer is just a, a monster amongst men. He's crazy. I respect the idea, but we're not here to talk about clown core tonight. No, we're about to talk about something that's just as good. And as it gets later on in their career, might even be better, which is saying a lot coming from me because I love Clowncore. 1998, conforming to abnormality. (laughs) Perfectly named album uh, for what you're... Isn't that a long way of saying nihilistic? No. Just checking. No, this is, I mean, this is Grindcore kind of probably... Probably the most pure grindcore release from this band. Uh, some things that I really like about it uh, is that it's fairly short. It's only like eight or nine songs long. Um, it's not too bad. And unless you buy the re-release, which is an overly bloated, over an hour long uh, affair. Uh, but, you know, you don't have to listen to those songs because I didn't. Um, but it is one of those things that I really, really... I like this record because it kind of reminds me of Old Carcass a little bit like really old carcass before they were good. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> hey, 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 no, no, no. See, I, got, I missed that episode and I knew you'd say something like that again while I was present. And you know how much I love the early carcass. All right, Jeff, you have 30 seconds to tell me what you think about the early carcass. Go. It is amusing yet brilliant. How about that? Sweet and simple. I, well, that's I'm, so my comparison's not off. Um, 
this record is absolutely amusing but brilliant sound clips music that doesn't make any real musical sense go a million (laughs) miles per hour then slow it way down you know songs that sound like you threw the drums down the stairs literally and just layered on top of that you know grindcore yeah this stuff has been i i don't know i it the early stuff is um i have to admit the first album is kind of take it or leave it for me it's it's good in small doses but it's kind of like one of those things the you're not going to listen to that you know four or five times a week unless you're reviewing it it's to pull it out and you're like oh yeah i forgot this is fucking crazy and then you put it back on the shelf and then you you, you rediscover it a, a you know a year later and like oh yeah i forgot those guys are really fucking crazy on this early stuff that's kind of what it is for me and it's not that it's bad it's just that it's a very small dose it's definitely not going to change your life you know it's like it's like the early cattle decapitation albums you can you take them or leave them i mean they, they just unabashed it just unabashedly is what it is um it's not like i don't know it, it's fine it's a grindcore record uh i think that they really start getting much more interesting on their second record well i agree i agree the one thing that i do love is the fact you know we're talking you know they these guys started in the early 90s and they were a grind grindcore outfit at that time and that's just to me that's just that's awesome just the how long they these guys have been doing it the gutturals are really good i love the i love the gutturals and i oh, love the dude, gr- they're sick I love the grindcore scream too, the grindcore growl, the kind of stuff you'd hear back on like from Enslavement to Obliteration by Napalm Death, where they're doing like that vocals, but it's like it's not like a black metal vocal. It's more just like a like I like I love that about about old grindcore. It's it's one of my favorite vocal styles. Dude, way to just pull out the vegetable lie. It's just so right. <laughs> just so um, it's just so like yeah. Ever since I quit drinking, uh, it's uh, actually. Um, I can do more weird vocal sounds, uh, but uh, I I think that like that's such a such a staple of old grindcore that I feel like it's somewhat lost now. Whereas people just over you know people just skip over to the obvious more obvious death metal vocal. Um, I like that 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 element is in this and that it's in several other uh, it's in several other uh, albums by this band. Two thousand exploiting dysfunction. You watch. Which stain record you choose to rip off? Wait, that's not the right dysfunction, is it? This, oh man, oh, this God, is that was bad. <laughs> boo, Joe, boo. <laughs> this is some crazy shit. The, yeah, uh, this is nuts. Another way to describe it. It's a little more bat shit. Still throwing the riffs down the stairs, but now we're gonna sneak in random clean parts which I don't think anyone is expecting when you're listening to a band that just put out a grindcore album. Yeah, like Death Grind with like, it's, I don't know, just the the throwing in a little bit of the artsy-fartsy just is just, it's crazy. And that's, that's but that's what makes it cool. And that's what makes it fun is you're just like, you, you're, you know, when you, you're first listening, you're like, okay, oh, I have no idea what the fuck's going to happen next because these guys are so spastic. And that's what makes it fun. I mean, that's what makes this type of music enjoyable is is uh, whenever you have that left turn when you least expect it. And I love that kind of stuff. They build off of the kind of established grindcore sound of the first record, but they intersperse it with a lot of like sound clips and, and you know, just weird random spoken word things. 
things. That's the technical term for them, spoken word things. Thangs. And um, but you know, probably my favorite song on the record is the title track, "Exploiting Dysfunction," where they where they throw that clip of like this little kid just screaming all kinds of horrible things. Um, <laughs> And it, it does. It, it takes grindcore, which I think a lot of people consider to be a joke genre. Uh, I don't personally. I think there's some more brilliant grindcore stuff out there. Um, I don't necessarily know if this is it, but this is definitely headed in that direction because it takes the grindcore sound and adds almost a little bit more grandioseness to it. Like if you're listening to it, it, it comes off more like an art piece and less like a grindcore record. It's a like an art piece that includes grindcore, but isn't necessarily like what it's about. And I think that that's that's where this band's really going to shine. They're going to hold. They're going to kind of hone in on that, like like just having grind kind of like in there as their base, and then they're gonna, they're going to throw electronics on it. They're going to throw sound clips into it. They're they're just gonna they're going to throw random jazz parts into it. Um, but this is not to be mistaken for something like a Candiria where, you know, the, the jazz is like, like an essential part of the music. Um, this is, they're definitely at throwing this in as like extra flavor. It's, it's kind of a melting pot. Uh, and as the band goes on in their discography, the melting pot gets even bigger and bigger. They keep adding ingredients. It's like the band is trying to be so grindcore that they're reaching for ideas that nobody would use in a grindcore song. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, the best way to put it is that it is, I think it is uh, very artistic and very, I guess you could say, quote unquote, hip. But I mean, it, it, it fits with, uh, I guess, what they're trying to accomplish. I actually, I, I enjoy it. I don't enjoy it as much as I do their later stuff, because some of their later stuff is like on my all time favorite list. So, but yeah, it's still good stuff. I like where they're going. You're starting to you're starting to present a little bit a little bit of an image of what you can expect uh, from them moving forward, and that's that's what uh, and that's the that's the part that I really start to like. Yeah, I don't think I listen to Cephalic Carnage for the grindcore. I'm looking for the death metal and the random sludge rock that is incorporated with the death metal. So. This is a good start. It's an interesting start. I think if I found this band back in the late 90s, early 2000s, I would be intrigued enough to keep listening and keep buying. Both of these early albums are good, but I don't sit down and listen to Grindcore every single day. So for me, they're an outlier. It's one of those cool, hey, let's listen to this because it's different. It's weird. And it's not the stock grindcore of just play fast and make the sound with your face. You know, it's actually trying to be something more interesting than random noise with a 1998 PC and a drum machine. Yeah, well, they it's because they, they're using grindcore as the vehicle to provide you with other elements uh, and that they're that they're flavoring it with. And that's that. I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't uh, do enough of when it comes to stuff like you know death grind and, and grindcore. I like actually having that. Um, the fact that I, I I think there's a little bit of thought behind it, and some of the lyrics on this shit. Actually, yeah, I looked at some lyrics. That's scary. I know, pretty fucking crazy stuff. And some of it's really funny too. I mean, they're kind of they uh, they don't mind um, poking fun at uh, other genres. And have a little bit of fun with that, which uh, we see on, I think it's the next album, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, which is fucking great, if you ask me. 2002, Lucid Interval.
So lucid interval, you know, how we, we kind of talked about how an exploiting dysfunction, they were trying to add a grandiose, almost serious tone to their music. This one, they kind of ease back on that a little bit and you start seeing a little bit more of the humor of the band uh, come through. Um, I think the song Black Metal Sabbath is is number one. Yep. One of the greatest songs ever written because, you know, number one, it's a hilarious name. Number two, it is exactly what the cover says it is. <laughs> it is it is literally like it starts off uh, real atmospheric, like a Black Sabbath record. And then they go into this like weird combination of black metal and death grind, you know, all the way halfway through the song. But then by the end of it, they are playing slow sludge Sabbath riffs. Like, I mean, it is bluesy. It's all get out. Some of the heaviest riffs I've ever heard. And they just they're able to the, the way they're able to just stop and switch styles like that becomes a staple of of cephalic carnage. Um, and it goes to show you that these guys have chops. They're not a grindcore band. They they can play, man. Like they man. can really play. Dan just stole my thunder. I was gonna say they got chops. <laughs> oh, they got chops. You better believe it, man. Dude, it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's shocking on how fucking talented these guys are. It's 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 not so. And it's just a shame whenever you have such a you know because grindcore is whether we want it to be or not is rather niche and it sucks that there's not enough people that get to actually understand and realize how fantastic from a musicianship standpoint that these guys are it they're just got talent out the yin yang which is uh something i don't have and that's why that's why i appreciate these guys so much <laughs> to listen to stuff like this i'm like this is unbelievable this is magical you know it might be you know, dark magic or chaotic magic, but it's fucking magic. The ideas on this album are so random that it's easy to get stuck on the black metal trope or the grindcore trope, excuse me, where we switch from dirge to straight black metal. And then we're going to flip over to thrash for a second, but we're going to get back to the dirge. Something about the josh travis sounding i don't know how many strings they are playing on these guitars just detune until the strings are floppy like spaghetti and just create this low clunk of a sound that is a welcome change if you've been listening up to this point they're reaching into these really obscure places to pull ideas into grindcore it's almost like this record is so musical. The intent is still grindcore, but the ideas are not grindcore necessarily. I think they're a little more death grind on this one too. I think we're I think we're starting they're kind of starting to transition out of the old grind stuff. Like it's still there. Like I mean the beginning of pseudo is obviously grind, you know. Um but even even like an eight second song, which you would expect from a grindcore band. Um, like friend of mine. Yeah, they grind a little bit on it, but it's it's still the death metal heaviness is really starting to creep in on this record. And they play with black metal a lot. Like they don't just jump into black metal on black metal Sabbath. Um, they, they, there's a lot of black metal on this record. And it's just that melting pot is what keeps me coming back for more. Like uh, like this record is really where it starts starts getting really good for me. You know, like it starts getting awesome. Lucid Interval is... Yeah. Yeah. Is that that is the magnifying glass into the future of where well, that, this band is going to go. 
Well, I, I think the the title track itself, "Lucid Interval," I think is the best song on here. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. And uh, nah, black it, metal Sabbath. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, the, here's the thing that um, that I find interesting with Cephalic Carnage. You know, what, most people are you know what in this genre they're like you know turn it up to eleven. The crazy thing with them is when they turn it down to ten. You know, you know because it's still metal, so it can you know you can't go any lower than ten. But when they turn it to ten, it is just fucking masterpieces and the one thing that you're starting to notice that i found interesting as you go through you have a uh you generally have a song to close out like the last song is as long as the rest of the out the 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 rest of the album combined yep kind of stuff i mean this one i think it's only like five six minutes and the hidden tracks like eight minutes or something like that there's like a huge gap in between but they start to do that on uh you're starting to notice a pattern on that and it's an interesting pattern because as it goes on i find myself looking forward towards the end of their albums because they when they close shit out they fucking close shit out uh especially once we hit the next album yeah and it's not just like 20 minutes of filler just to get to a hidden song you know um, although it may be that way on the CD, we are. Um, but no, I mean, Arson is Savior. That's I don't believe there's like, yeah, there's no dead space at the end of that song. Oh, there isn't. OK, no. So Arson well, is I thought Savior. There was, I, I just thought it was Arts and the Savior. And then there's like uh, like a five minute break. And then you have like 12 minutes of uh, a hidden track. Well, well, there's there's noodling. OK. And stuff going on. But, you know, yeah, there's so there is a few minutes of silence in the center of that. But. Yeah, I just kind of I probably was hitting the fast forward a little too much. I, I get I get anxious <laughs> on hidden tracks. I just keep hitting forward, 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 forward. Yeah, I think that like this is where it starts getting interesting for me. And this is kind of a parallel to the cattle decapitation episode, because, you know, with Lucid Interval, the song, you're not like this is 2002 but you're going to get a big preview of what this band's going to sound like exactly in 2010 you know you, this is this is literally the vision of the future this is doc brown getting in the time machine and being like marty uh i gotta show you your band is going to become a technical death metal band <laughs> i don't want to hang out with you anymore doc <laughs> and that's a welcome change i think grindcore it's kind of a shtick i get it some people just embrace the grind and that's what they do. But this band has the ability to be more technical and execute interesting ideas. So as soon as you talk about Lucid Interval being that image of the future, I started getting those Alathian vibes again. Like, here we go. We're going to play the melodic idea and just make it technical, make it heavy, count to seven a few times and get to the end of the song. So here we go. 2005 anomalies dude this is this is it shit goes off so yep. much dirge yep. dude this is so excited so excited i love the dirge yeah. so much that i was angry when the dirge wasn't there but then i would listen to the record again and the death metal was there and then the dirge would show up and i was upset that there wasn't more death metal it's like the perfect balance of human emotion at least for me today which part do I want to listen to? And it's all here. It's just, uh, it's a weird balance. It's like Two-Face the album. Can I say that? Yeah. Well, I, for me, it's a autogeny of behavior. I start falling in love, especially on the last three albums. The final tracks are just epic masterpieces, just gold. But I, you know, when I said I was, I thought that they were having a little bit of fun at other genres. It, it's actually here on Anomalies that it actually 
they really start to have fun and poke poke at metal core quite a bit on uh, death will be or dying will, will be the be death, the death, of death, of death of me. Of me. yeah right. which is which is fucking great we, it's 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 hilarious it's but, like every know, metal core trope in one song yeah you know but the, you know the funny thing is is that it it's still a banger it's still a good really fucking well, good song that's what makes it awesome well, we, we like metalcore, <laughs> but at the, at the same time, though they're delivering on a level that I think of the bands they're making fun of can't. Yep, and that you they're know? just like they're like, yeah, fuck you. We can do it better than you. We just want to do our own thing. We're not gonna do what everybody else is doing, which was at that time was metalcore. Every fucking metal band was metalcore. Just like at one point, every metal band was new metal. I mean, it, 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 that's just the way, you know, trends go. Yeah, we get it. And I think that might be part of the reason why we like, you know, Cephalic Carnage so much is they just stay true to themselves. They do their own thing. They have fun with it. You know, everything to keep you entertained and keep you coming back. They have the capabilities of doing. And there's just so many good songs on this. I mean, Inside Is Out is probably my second favorite, and it is, I mean, there's so many good songs on this. It's just, it's sick. I love the fact that they start going more towards, like, the whole technical death metal side of things. But that's, then, like, oh, I'm that's, sorry, go ahead. I was, no, it's okay. I was saying, that really couldn't, shouldn't come as a shock to anybody because I'm more of a death metal guy than I am uh, pretty much anything else. So I, I was super excited on this album once they started to go this route. I think it's interesting, you know, you get to the you get to the final track, you know, this is this is a band that you can pretty much expect that like towards the end of the album you're going to always get that song, right? Um and on this record they decided to like completely subvert all of our expectations and now they're playing like this like slow like doomy like mast they're like doing like a mastodon, mastodon. thing. That's yeah, exactly like, what I got yeah. out of it too. Yep. Same and then here. I'm like are they making fun of mastodon or are they, you know, but uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting to hear them do this because I think there's a there's a misconception that when this band swaps styles like this, that they're just making fun of whatever that style is. And I think that's true to a certain extent. There's definitely a big wink in there. But um, it's kind of like when we were watching the Trans-Siberian Orchestra and they're in the middle of this jam session and they just go into Cashmere by Led Zeppelin. And then they stop and they're like, oh, oops. <laughs> you know, but like, um, you know, like it's... I think that they, I think this is just their way of branching out and they, they deliver the style. Cause you know, if a band wants to be a joke band, like you look at something like psycho stick, uh, which we will be doing at some point. Um, if you look job. at a band like that, that they're making our bro <laughs> job where they're like, obviously making fun of, although I will fight to battle. The bro job is, is where it's at musically yeah. as well. Oh, I fucking um, yeah. <laughs> no, no but, question. Uh, I think that they're not making fun as much as they're just, they're just playing around. They're experimenting. And they're having a little bit of fun, but still delivering a quality product. I think the end result taps into the listener. Because if you're deep into technical death metal or grindcore, you probably have the listening brain that you want to quickly transition between ideas. So maybe the logical step at this point in the album is, let's just do a Mastodon thing, guys. And it works because they set you up for that type of payoff. It's definitely tongue-in-cheek, a little bit, don't get me wrong, but maybe they are just doing what the next logical step is. It might be more thought out than we're giving it credit for. Who knows? No, it's one of those things. It's like uh, whenever you eat, somebody's got swagger, they give you a wink and they go, watch this. It's that's like something kinda, that I just can't do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that That's really what I get from this. It's just like, check this out. I know you're going to like it. 
And then, and then you're like, holy shit, these guys can do whatever the hell they want. And the answer is, of course we can. <laughs> All right, welcome That's to Joe weird. and Jeff's discography discussion. <laughs> I try to have I try to have that sort of swagger, but you know, I'm like, yeah, check this band out, you're gonna love it. And then I show them, you know, Cephalic Carnage, and they're like, oh my god, why would you show me that? You know, but like, <laughs> kind of like a, I at work today. I actually I, I played Sleep Token, and nice. uh, yeah, and the funny thing is that we uh, we work with a lot with. Um, uh, special needs and try to employ special needs individuals at work. So we have job coaches there. And one of the job coaches heard, you know, all the falsetto that goes on in the beginning, a lot of the sleep token songs. And, and she's like, looked at me and knows that I'm a metalhead and like, why the hell is he listening to R and B? You know, I'm like, this is actually R and B mixed with metal. Dude, what are we hey, talking about? Sleep token on Patreon. Yeah, no the, shit. The night that we, uh, the night that we're recording this, a new NF mixtape album just came out. And let me tell you, I've listened to that a lot more today than I've listened to Cephalic Carnage. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's all right. Um, yeah, I, it, to get back on topic, like I love this record. I think that this is, this is where the band starts putting out material that is an essential. Listen. Yep. Like, agreed. I mean, I, and really, Lucid Interval is that way too. But I would say it's not as essential as Anomalies. Yeah, Anomalies uh, just, is a ten out of ten for me. Yeah, like it's they're already delivering basically masterpieces uh, this early into their career. Like this band doesn't have a lot of albums, but there's so much to dissect. Um, and trust me, it just keeps getting better. 2007, Xeno Sapien. So this is like the ending of Alien Resurrection, right? Where Ripley actually became the queen, and then the queen created a weird alien-human hybrid, right? Wow, spoilers, bro. No, I was getting all excited. I was going through the track listings, and I saw uh, Touched by Angel, and I thought it was a cover of the Sunday Day Real Estate song off of Rising Tide. Damn it, Jeff. It is not. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I wasn't prepared, damn it. But this it, is like, but it sure was good. <laughs> this is like pure. Oh death yeah, it grind. was. This record is where they're they're into the pure death grind, but like it's so technical now. Like all of a sudden, you've got these like Chuck Schuldner melodic lead guitar work going on, like, and you're like, what is happening right now with this band? And it's all happening at once, you know. Um, Divi divination and volition is first of all it's exactly you know uh four minutes and 20 seconds uh long so <laughs> awesome nudge nudge uh, grin grin wink wink say no more right but uh yeah i mean it's just it's just so fantastic in so many ways i can't even i can't even explain it this this song literally does for me it ha what all good technical death metal does for me um and joe's probably going to cut this out of the show but you know it makes my pants a little bit tighter if you know what i'm talking about um, this song is just everything that I want out of a heavy song. I'll allow and, it. And honestly, the hits just keep coming. Yeah, Dan, if you're bloating like that, you really ought to go to a doctor to have that checked out. Oh, no, it's fine. The doctor just started crying and walked out the door. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what happened. Um, with, with male or female? Male. Oh, so jealousy. Okay. Not Was pain. It? Oh, I just thought I was just that ugly with my pants off. No, nah, I'm going right. to cut it out of the podcast. All right, cool. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, this record so, kind know, of speaking of what Joe just did the last minute vaporized is a killer song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's actually a lot of the uh, what is a, a microco or me megacosm of the, of the aquaphobics. And then uh, <laughs> that's just fucking crazy. 
And then the, uh, but it follows up with, what is that? Uh, let's see if I can say this uh, right. Yeah, go right ahead. Knock yourself out. Av Viscitude uh, is well done. fucking great. I don't know if I said that right or not, but I, I don't have my chops like I normally do. It, it's not a dip. It's not, it's not like Swedish or something like that or Dutch that I get to have fun with, with dropping J's and turn them into H's and weird stuff. But nope, fucking great stuff. I, it's, Actually, I think I it's have, an O in this context, Jeff. Ovishkitude. Oh, see? Look, he's fixing me. All right. <laughs> I will say this. I still love Anomalies more. Doesn't mean that I don't like Xenosapien, because I love it. Xenosapien kind of proves Dan's point that he made a long time ago, that if Grindcore bands abandoned the idea of being as random as possible and just composed interesting songs, they clearly have the technical chops to execute those ideas. So here's your first example. Not your very first example from this band, but here's a record that's just fully technical. So I think this is a building block album. Anomalies is 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 damn near close to perfect. Okay? Like Jeff gave it a 10 out of 10. I'd give it like a 9.89. Okay? It's it's very close to perfect. Um Xenosapien realizes, you know, th- this is a band realizing that like, okay, People like that. People like that technical style. Or maybe we like that. We like that technical style. Uh, and, and we want to push it even further. And they do. They push the technical aspect further on this record at the expense, I think, a little bit of some of the creativity that made Anomalies really special. Um, and I think that's uh, that might be what you're getting at as far as like, yeah, it's technical. It's great. It's wonderful. It's, I don't like it as much as I like Anomalies. I think most of that is because they're trying to go to the next level, but they're not just instantly at the next level. And yeah. so I think that they're still a little bit meandering on this record um, to try to capture a little bit of what they did on the other one, but also trying to push it further, make it heavier, make it more technical. And I think for the most part, they do that. But I think you can definitely tell it's a transitionary record whenever you look at their next one. 2010, misled by certainty. So that right. would mean it's uncertain, right? Uh, this is your uh, come to Jesus moment. This is... Oh, we're going to do this again, are we? Do what again? I'm serious. This is... <laughs> if I, you know, I said 10 out of 10 for anomalies, this is like a 30 out of 10. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Extra credit it, on this one for Jeff. Oh, dude. have All day long. I'll do all the studying I got to on this one. It's just... It's so easy to listen to. It, as crazy as that sounds, uh, if I don't know, sometimes people you know try to explain to people whenever you're listening to you know like Death Grind or Grindcore, and you're like, this is such an easy album to listen to. They look at you like you're fucking nuts. But there is, uh, it's really easy on this album for me uh, to have uh, a, a rather you know emotional connection to it. Uh, number one, I'm spastic, so that helps. Number two, this is just fucking brilliant. It just, it's so easy to trying to find a death grind album that actually has like, you can transition when without it being completely fucking crazy nonstop is like next impossible. And I think they've done it. And then they end it with one of my all time favorite songs. Yeah, it's pronounce a, that. Oh, Re Pangea. Just like Pangea, like the co- old continent. It, that's what the lyrics are about, too. It's just essentially we're going to we're recycling and we're because we're just going to bury ourselves into the ground and then we're just going to recreate Pangea. You think Blood Incantation was listening to this song a lot? 
<laughs> do you get that? Do you get that vibe? <laughs> I definitely yeah. get that vibe. Yeah, and I tell you what, that's okay. Because this is a, I mean, this is, uh, my opinion, it's as good as it gets. This is one of the fastest, fastest 12 minute songs I've ever heard in my life. If that makes any sense. It's like you, next that you just close your eyes, open them up and then holy shit, the song's over. He's lying. It's the pace is very slow. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm no, I'm dead serious. That is the easiest 12 minutes of a song in a long time for me. So just to, you know, whenever doing these. This is so easy to listen to for me. I don't know. I, I can see 12 minutes this side of Opeth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I love Opeth. I love Catatonia. I I pick this. I pick this. I wish if they did a, a whole album like Repangia, I don't think I'd ever take it. You know, if I had a CD player still in my car, I don't think I'd ever take it out. I think it's funny that the last track on the album is your favorite and the first track on the album is my favorite. <laughs> um, just, you know. Always got to Jeff and I are like the positive and negative side of a battery. <laughs> Still um, full of a charge, but yeah, you, you got that right. Oh my goodness. Both of uh, you trying to mislead the other. Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember whenever we did that Pantera episode, the, the, you know, not, not the good one, but the first one. <laughs> yeah. The bad one. You remember that one? Pantera. And it yeah, wasn't and bad. Talking, and it, it was entertaining as hell. And you yeah, were talking about uh, how, when you listen to Dimebag play, you feel invincible. Yeah. Uh, that's how I feel when I'm listening to the intro to the incorrigible flame. flame. Yeah. I get that. You just get so pumped. Like you feel like you could just smash a building to the ground. Um, just because it's got, again, it's just got all that techie stuff that I just love so, so much. And like that song just leaves me breathless. And then Warbots AM is just like, Oh, uh, you like that? You like that? We're going to do it again. <laughs> yeah, this, this is straight up, man. It's this is all killer, no filler. This is this is goat, man. This is incredible. This this whole record is just it's everything that I want and they're just giving it to me. They're they're not charging me any more than like the 10 bucks for buying the CD, like which I did. You see what I want to know is I mean, I know they're still active. So what the yeah. fuck happened? Yeah, why well, has it been 10 years since we got, because you know, the, yeah. I mean, because this was a this was a masterpiece. I mean, it, it's their magnum opus. I mean, I mean, they just they, they just want to go out with that, and they're just gonna tour for the rest of their lives, you know? Because people are gonna say, "Oh, can I just have an entire you know concert or just uh, misled by certainty?" You know, that that's just the entire concert, and the answer would be yes, please. I'm first I'm in line. There. I don't even care <laughs> if I I don't even care if I get COVID. It'd be worth it. I see. That's why you get the shots like I'm getting the shots and you don't have to worry about it. Um, This. Yeah, this album is just again, it's another 10 out of 10. And it's weird that a band could deliver. Normally, when we do show, when we talk on this show, usually a band will have a perfect album and then the rest is just kind of meh. And that is just not the case here. Um, These guys can consistently put out a 10 out of 10. Yeah, which is Um, crazy, especially whenever you think about it. I've given what? A 30 out of 10 and a 10 out of 10. And that's a third of their discography I'm saying is perfection, essentially. I, I mean, that's that's crazy. This record definitely knocks it out of the park. This is the ultimate expression of what Cephalic Carnage has been trying to do for at least the past nine years at this point when the record came out. 
I think the band had an end goal in mind, and they hit it. And that is to be heavy, technical, melodic, interesting. I find it most interesting that the band had all these sidesteps into grindcore. I don't think they were messing with us. I think they were just improvising with musical styles, which is not something that we've seen done a lot throughout this podcast. Cephalic Carnage builds, and then they descend. And here we are in 2010. It's everything that you like to its fullest extent, but it's not where they started. It's not even close. There is almost no grind on this one. This is more pure technical death metal. I think it's grind in, I don't know. I mean, because it's it's really hard. Uh, yeah, but I guess you're right. I can't really find the grind on this record. Uh, the beginning of Warbots a little bit, but like even if you look at some of their heaviest songs, like Rape by an Orb, is uh, which is something that unfortunately happens to me constantly. I, I gotta, I gotta figure out what's going on with that. So but, much Castlevania. But this song, it really shows what the more modern, modern as of 2010, uh, Cephalic Carnage was about. That it was, a, you know, more of a, you know, that opens up. It's one of the heaviest songs ever, but it's still heavy in the death metal, almost Cannibal Corpse uh, style, you know. Um, but these guys, I mean, these guys even play circles around the corpse, you know, like they are truly unique, I think in their, in their genre. The only band I think even comes close is, uh, cattle decapitation and they, it took them a whole bunch of albums to get to that point. It's not that, that these guys don't have a lot of albums, but they just, they got there faster, I guess. Um, and yeah, I could, I could go on and on about this record forever, like break down every song with lyrics. Uh, if you guys want that, you know, just let, let me know, but I have Twitter DMs. You can. <laughs> you can send you can send them there and then you know I'll I'll record whatever. Discuss Metal Dan on YouTube. Final thoughts on Cephalic Carnage. Dan. I mean, if you're into this kind of music, you probably already heard of Cephalic Carnage and you've probably been throwing up the horns the whole time we've been just, you know, absolutely uh worshiping this band. Um I think I think that they're incredible and I think that they are a little overlooked, I think, with metal in general. Because like this record came out eleven years ago, uh, misled by certainty. Sorry, I know it's my final thoughts. So I have to specify what album I'm talking about. Uh, misled by certainty in 2010 sounds more modern than name a death metal band in 2020 or 2021. It just does. It still sounds completely new, relevant, and modern. It doesn't sound like an 11 year old record. And uh, this band, if they put another record out, I can only expect just pure greatness. And they're going to deliver it. Jeff, what about you? Well, I think Dan's actually hit on something that actually uh, will help me tie into to my final thought. I think the uh, one thing, um, I think the name for some people might be a little quote unquote off-putting. Yeah, you we cannot, didn't talk about that. You can't be mainstream with that name, okay? That's just the way that it is, which I think they're perfectly happy with. And so, <laughs> I mean, I, I love it. But yeah, I mean, they, they are way ahead of their time going through the entire discography i think they are i think your favorite grindcore band's favorite grindcore band is cephalic carnage maybe that's how, how i ought to say it that's how i feel because i think that they are just they got the chops to i think they proved that i think they're they're on par or better than everybody else that's out there with whatever they want to do and that's scary i mean that's scary good i mean that's the stuff that you know you know, like I was talking about with that sw swagger where you, you kind of give the wink and like, watch this. That's that's these guys. That's because they're better than everybody else. I love them. The first three albums are good. 
But two of the last three are just, I, I mean, they're masterpieces. Anomalies. God. I mean, yeah. Misled by certainty. Oh, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. And I, if you haven't heard these guys or haven't actually taken a deep dive on them, if you listen to, to those two albums in, in particular, you're going to think to yourself, what the fuck have I been missing? Because these guys are brilliant. They're geniuses. And it's great music just across the board. It's just as... With this type of music, it's as, it's as good as it gets. That's just the best way to put it. So I, I love it. I'm glad we did this episode. Totally stoked. I'm so glad Jeff was on this show. Me too. <laughs> Cephalic Carnage is one of the most interesting bands we've listened to in a long time. The end result? Technical death metal. It's solid and it's awesome. The journey to get there has so many weird stops that we should be complaining about how random this band is. And we're not. We haven't said once that an album is absolutely terrible, that it's completely misguided, that we cannot get from point A to point B and understand why they made this stop. So the band at the end being technical death metal, everything else that occurs in the discography is acceptable. And I cannot explain why. It just works. It all works. I might be conscious of the first album being so grindcore that I'm not going to listen to that one today, but I could just as easily reach for it knowing that I'm in the mood for Cephalic Carnage today. So there is no reason why any metal fan is not listening to Cephalic Carnage. You're going to enjoy it. And even if you initially hear something that you're just not a fan of, let it play out because the end result is not what you're expecting. Damn, what's your album of the week? Oh, hands down, 100%. The Crimson Corridor by Zayo. I don't even know why you'd have to ask me that. <laughs> I'll just copy and paste that onto the next 17 there show notes and uh, save myself it's already that question. My album of the year. Yeah, it's already my album of the year for 2021. Just to get that out of the way. Jeff, what about you? Oh, since I already talked about them a little bit and the fun I had with people at work, it's Sundowning by Sleep Token. I went back to I Get Wet by Andrew WK this week. Spoilers, I'm not having a good day. So I've been listening to some extremely uplifting songs about anger and death and partying. Because that's the end result, right? It's about partying and having a good time. It helped, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Take us out, DFT. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Discography Discussion. We appreciate you guys listening every single week. We would not do this if not for you. We would probably just get drunk and talk to each other about music, which I mean, we normally do anyway, but you know, at least at least before 2020 we did. Uh, but you know, at some point we're going to we're going to get back to that. We're all going to be vaccinated and all that good stuff. But uh, I, I would implore you that if you would like to talk to us, uh, comment on our episodes, you can do all of that in a lot of variety of places. You can go to facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. You can find us on Instagram at Discuss Metal. Uh, you can find us on Gmail at show at gmail.com. We have our own Discord server dedicated to the podcast. Uh, there will be a link in the show notes. It'll take you right there where you can chat with us as well as uh, other listeners of the podcast. Uh, if you guys have band suggestions, people you want to hear me interview on Discuss Metal, uh, we are open to those suggestions. When you guys suggest something, we write it down. We add it to a list. Can't guarantee it's going to happen tomorrow, but it is going to happen eventually. So uh, we do really, really appreciate all the suggestions and definitely keep them coming. 
So uh, in, in that spirit, uh, if you would like to get some sweet discography discussion merch, you can go to our Teespring store uh, where we have a variety of different products there, including hoodies, T-shirts, socks, cell phone cases, you name it. It's got our logo on them. And, you know, that way people can be all like, hey, what's that podcast again? And you could, like, forget the name and just look down at your phone case and be like, oh, yeah, it's discography discussion. I, I, I knew that. And if you would like to support the podcast financially, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. Um, we have a whole archive of individual album reviews that you can listen to, as well as we have just started doing Patreon hangouts. Uh, people that are at the $10 or more level uh, every month, uh, we will have a sit down, jump on StreamYard, and literally talk directly where we can all kind of discuss metal together. And uh, we've done one already as of the recording of this. We're doing another one here really soon. Uh, and they've been a lot of fun for the guys that have showed up. And um, yeah, so definitely take advantage of that. It is a really, really good way to give feedback directly to us. So thank you guys so much. And on that note, this has been episode 217 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash Discuss Metal. We have some sweet perks. Give your money to Discography Discussion now. $1 a month gets you into that exclusive album review feed. 